listening to the Snippets Career Podcast. Today's guest is Jerry Ann Rudd, water quality chemist turned singer-songwriter. Originally from Pennsylvania in the United States, Jerry Ann was born to be on the microphone. I okay, love no. talking into a microphone, baby. You're used to it. Yeah, I babe. like it. I don't even need to say anything. <laughs> um, so we're going we're gonna to get straight into it. Um, Sounds like a plan. Mr. Well, we're going to say pun with Josh. It's pun with Josh here. And I have a beautiful woman next to me. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yes, thank you. My name is Jerry Ann Rudd. That's R-U-D-D, like the former Prime Minister, Kevin. Beautiful. Jerry I like to Ann. tell people he's my cousin. Cousin? Okay, I like that. So Didn't know he was black, did you? <laughs> Sorry. No, I love it. I love it. You keep it real. Um, so... Let's talk about your website first of all. If so, do you want to do you want to read us your website right now, so just for everyone out there, if they want to get a bit of context? Yes, um, I'm a singer songwriter and a former swimming teacher and current piano teacher, and my website is at jerryannrudd.com. That's G E R I A N N E R U D D dot com, and basically the website talks about where the songs on my latest EP came from. The bulk of the songs I wrote uh, during our relatively brief uh, Queensland lockdown, and then once the borders started dancing open and closed, open and closed, I was able to um, go south and record the vocals. But it's a very interesting story how this album was put together. So. Yeah, no, I loved it. Um, so a bit of backstory. I guess I'll, I'll tell the backstory this time. Um, we met at Remy's, which is where we're hosting the podcast at the moment. Shout out to Remy's. Um, but yeah, basically was was in the shop getting a coffee and, and you just took me by surprise. She's wearing a, I guess, is it a leopard print? Leopard what, what a, print. Leopard Indeed. print jacket. Um, and it's stunning. Can I touch it? Is that okay? It is. It is very smooth. Okay, it's like it's like that movie. I can't. Is it? Is it the Ve- What's that Vegas movie that they start stroking the furry wall and they don't stop? Um, I don't know. It yeah. sounds like maybe uh, who was that guy? Who was that guy played by Johnny Depp? The guy with the cigarette holder and the. Anyway, I'm, I'm I'm the worst with movies, so I'm the worst <laughs> person to ask. Anyway, you, you're stroking the fairy wall. That's what it feels like, and you're in you're in that element. And I could stay stroking this all day. Anyway, that sounds very wrong, but it's not like that. Um, we'll get back to it. You kind of introduced yourself. So in terms of how we met, I was at Remy's, um, and I was like, "Who's this beautiful young lady?" Oh, young. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, young lady, and and just striked up a conversation, and and was like just want to briefly know who you are and you gave me a bit of background about what you did and you said I sing music and I said would love to get you on my podcast about careers I actually love talking about the uh, evolution of my um, career yeah beautiful I'll, I'll, my I'll career like path has been very strange I um, my my father was a chemistry professor at Lincoln University Pennsylvania my mother was also well educated she was a U.S. social studies teacher, which is to say she taught U.S. history. And um, I am of that generation where um, we were pretty accepting of fathers that were, let's say, a little bit emotionally distant. My dad was a wonderful, beautiful guy. In fact, he did all the housework. 
and we're talking the 50s and 60s. He did all the housework except the cooking and ironing. Um, but I always was in a sort of a headspace, I think, where I, I felt like I needed to impress my father. Um, he was, it was difficult to get compliments out of him, let's put it that way. So when I went to university, I decided that I was going to major in some form of chemistry because my father was a chemist. Well, science, science and maths, I was good at those subjects, but they weren't my best, you see. But nonetheless, I, um, I went ahead and pursued this degree in water quality chemistry, as it turned out, with a minor in music, voice emphasis. And I did graduate with a degree in water quality chemistry, magna cum laude. And I went on to work as a chemist in water and wastewater treatment. And I want you to know that I've never made more money and I've never been more unhappy than when I was working as a chemist because it was not in my nature to be that. It took me many years to realize that in my nature, I am an artist and a philosopher, not a nuts and bolts sort of person, not a troubleshooter, maybe a troublemaker. Yeah, I love that. I love that. <laughs> troublemaker is a great word to describe you. I would say that's your word. <laughs> How would I describe you as a person? Troublemaker. That's Jerry it. Ann, keep, keep, troublemaker. Yeah, Jerry Ann, troublemaker. Right. I love it. Keep going. Keep going. So um, I worked for about 10 years full time as a chemist. As I say, I hated every minute of it. And in the last couple of years that I was doing that, I also was working as an artist model. And as I approached age 40, I began to get, I don't know, would you call it itchy feet? Maybe an itchy brain. And I got this wild hair that I was going to ride my bicycle around Europe. So I flew from, at that time, Miami, Florida, to London, proceeded to ride my bike around uh, the United Kingdom, south, eventually to Rome. I arrived in Rome on New Year's Eve. It was cold, cold, colder than a witch's tit. And all I could think was, where can I go where it's warm and people speak English and it's not America? So on January 4th, 1995, I flew from Rome into the port of Sydney. And within two hours of arriving here, I knew I was home and that I would not ever leave if it was down to me. So once I got here, I continued to work um, when I got my permanent residency, I continued to work as an artist model. And then I had been a swimmer and the people at the pool said, you should be a swimming teacher. So I did that. And now I teach piano and I'm basically busy living happily ever after. And the only thought I give to uh, water quality, well, we all give lots of thought to water quality chemistry now because of the situation with our planet. But um, in terms of my everyday work, I am a piano teacher and a songwriter, and I'm happy to do that. I love that. Um, I'm looking for piano lessons, so I'll definitely hit you up. Um, on my bucket list, I've got learn the saxophone and learn guitar. So if you got anyone that you know, what I'm going to try and do, though, is YouTube. You've heard of YouTube before. Yep. So I'm going to look up some uh, lessons on how to learn guitar and see if I can teach myself first and then try and get some lessons. See, I think that's a good idea because particularly for adults – Taking lessons, per se, 
People that are grown up, they have jobs, they have obligations, sometimes children, partners, etc. And it's very hard for such people to have, you know, a lesson every week at a certain time, blah, blah, blah. For kids, it's a lot easier because their parents run the show for them. So that would be a great idea, I think, is to get started by looking on YouTube for some instruction and then taking it from there once you get started. I, I think that's a great idea. I think what I'll do is I'll look up YouTube, do some do some tutorials and then see how I go and then get, get I guess, go to someone like yourself, for example, with a piano and get a bit of technique training because I think that's, that's where you get a lot of the value. You know, you can learn something, but when you go in and learn that technique, that proper way to do something, it just enhances your capabilities as an artist. Too. I think so. I think so. I think it does. And I think actually the way that you have, you know, put it is proper is look first, feel your way, and if you're still enthusiastic, then seek some instruction because by that time you will have very specific questions about what it is that you need and what you want. I love that. Um, I just want to come back to your music. Yeah, I've got two things I want to come back to. Basically, your music. I've got your album. I, b- I bought it off you as I met you. You said, yeah, I sing. I said, do you have a CD? And you're like, yeah, here it is. And I was like, I'm going to buy one. And you were like, okay, definitely. Like, give me your details. I'll pay for it. Anyway, um, first of all, I love the album. And, and it's a very inspiring album. I think, I think it touches me because I met you for less than five minutes. And I think I understood you as a person your values and what you're about just by listening to one song and and that song i don't know what it's called it's maybe the third or fourth one in the album and you did it in an interesting way it's you talking to begin with and you're talking about something you're very passionate about and i i don't want to talk about that song right now because i want people to buy the album and listen right to on. it you, yeah Please so do. so this is what i'm about i'm about you know I, I love i love surprises i'm a big man for surprises and um, you know, bringing you on the show is a great surprise because people are going to be like, who's, who's this woman? No one knows you. Um, well, I'm assuming, I'm assuming a lot of people do. Maybe a lot of people know you in the industry in Brisbane. I'm, anyway. a, I'm a legend in my own mind. Exactly. I think everyone is and everyone should be. You need to be a legend to yourself, I think. Um, but yeah, so, so the song is beautiful. Um, she talks about something very deep. It, it, I'll give you a bit of background. It's, it's about working together as a society, as, as people to come together and produce something beautiful. Um, you know, because been- I know that we can. You know, I, I, um, as, as Josh. As Josh said. <laughs> she asked me what my name was. How good is oh that? Oh, God. No, it's, I, all, I knew, it's all good. It's all good. It's I all knew, good. baby. I knew. I no, just that's forgot. All right. That's all right. But, you know. I, Sorry, what was your name? I can't remember. Oh, Jerry Ann. Jerry Ann. That's it. I'll write it down. But write I'm going to spell it a different way. I'm going to go you Jerry can, and, you and know then Ann. However you want to spell it, you can spell it. How do we spell it? I've never I'll, been fussed. I'll put Jerry, J-E-R-R-Y, and I'll put Dash Ann. Jerry Jan. Jerry Jan. Jerry Jan. What about Jerry DJ Jam? DJ Jerry Jan. I reckon we go Jerry Jam because I like jam. Jerry jam. Jam is good. And I think. Jam is good. I can jam. You know what? No, no, we're back. Mate, can I order a oh, burger? Muchas gracias. Thank you very much. Arlo's really come in that? for another uh, shout out. So that pay rise better be coming through. Um, Dane, I'm looking at... Dane is here specifically for Dane's Dane. Here. Dane's I think, here. I think Arlo needs a bit of a, a pay rise. Hey, no, he's, he's looking at me. Arlo he's, needs a pay rise. He doesn't want to Josh talk to me. needs a burger. Mate, can I get a burger, please? Yeah, sure. um, yeah. We'll go the... Is it the bacon, che- cheesy bacon? Bacon cheesy, best burger at Remy's. Cheesy bacon cheese. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, I, I recommend the Remy's burger special myself. Which one's that? The, I have the beef? That almost every Saturday. 
Yeah, okay. Okay, but sweet. I, you know, I'll tell you a bit about these songs. Thank you, Josh, for saying that they are insp- that they inspire you because, you know, I am. Um, Josh called me young, but I'm actually 66 years old. And no, when you're you 66, don't look it. bless his heart, isn't he sweet? When you're 66, things like sex, booty calls, um, love, n- n- lack of love, etc. I mean, love still matters, don't get me wrong. But love in the mix of all of that other stuff, it's not so critically important. And the songs that I write tend to be about other things. Um, And the song that Josh is referring to is called Let the Sun Shine In. It's pretty much a classic jazz ballad in terms of style and in terms of the chords and so on, the structure of the song. But what it, where it came from was from the Blacks, Black Lives Matter movement. I live on a street that is very diverse. Two doors up from me, there is a couple with a young child, and they are, unlike me, very politically conservative. And um, I think, actually, they are a little bit racist. I'll just say that gently. Which is cool, because as my dad said... If somebody tells you they're not racist, they're lying. He said to me, when we were very young, he told me and my sister, you know, your mother calls me out on stuff that I say every day. And yet I'm a white man who married your mother, a black woman. So if white people tell you they are not racist, they are lying because even I, your father, am racist because all of us are a little bit ignorant. But what I realized about my neighbors up the street and about Black Lives Matter was I can get along with anybody. They don't have to vote like me. They don't have to look like me. They don't have to smell like me. They don't have to think like me. But I can get along with them. We can get along if we make the decision to get along. We can be kind if we make the decision to be kind. We can wake up in the morning and be thankful and full of praise for this beautiful planet, whether you want to call it from God or from hoodly boodly or from the universe, we can wake up and be grateful and we can meet the world with a smile on our face. And if we do that, if we all do that, then we will have a planet to seed to our children and our grandchildren. And if we do not do that, if we listen to the likes of the president of China, for example, if we listen to Duterte in the Philippines, if we listen to Bolsonaro in Brazil, if we listen to Trump, the former president of the United States, then we will lose this planet. And let me tell you, there's no planet B. You know, we have, we talk about going to the stars, baby. We haven't even been to Mars. Mm, I love that. I think you you touched on so many points there and you're very... um you're a passionate speaker, and and I'm glad that I got you on the podcast because, um, for me, I don't feel like I actually have to ask much. I don't. It's it's great though. It's for me, it's really refreshing because I'm drained. I'm tired. I've interviewed three or four pe- four people in the last few days, um, and it's tiring. Like especially, you know, I interviewed Dane yes or yesterday or the day before, and I. I got a lot from that conversation and, and probably one of the most, uh, the best co- podcast I've done so far was with Dane. Um, and shout out to Dane, mate, because you came on the podcast and you didn't have to. I think you're, you're a top bloke and you think about life in a deep 
way. And, and same with you, Jerry-Ann. Um, Thank you. And, and I want to touch on a few things. I, I guess you, you talked about, you know, coming together and things like that. I spoke to, I was doing my nursing placement about two weeks ago. And I met a, a, a woman from Bolivia. Um, her husband was in the nursing home that I was at. Um, I obviously can't say names, can't say the nursing home. Um, but what struck me with her, I, I walked into a room and I saw, you know, there was some religious things in there. And I said, um, what religion do you believe in? And she said to me, every single one. Great. You know why? Because everything that you believe in is the same. And a lot of the teachings are the same. Exactly. You know, and, and, and it all comes back, back to that. So that, that's the first thing I want to talk about. The next thing I wanted to touch about was, you know, you're talking about love and, and relationships and partners. And this is something that I find interesting and something that I want to talk about is intimacy. Mm. So we talk about intimacy. And I guess my view of intimacy used to be just between a relationship with a, with a, with a partner. Yeah. But now I see it in terms of anyone you meet. I think you can have an intimate... It's, it's how the word kind of is. You can have yes. an intimate relationship with a friend. And That's what that right. is, is a beautiful... It can be intimate, but not sexual. Exactly. And, and I think we've... You know, I think we need more intimate relationships with our friends. A dear friend of mine that is a philosophy professor at University of Queensland, one day, a few months ago, I was saying to him, you know, I love my life. I have a beautiful life. But sometimes I really do get lonely. Now, first of all, this can be a difficult thing to admit, loneliness. It's not a really beautiful thing. And lonely people are not very attractive. You know, if you're lonely, your chances of finding companionship and a partner are much less than if you're not feeling lonely in the first place. But what I, I think is so important, and what this prof said to me was, Jerry ann you need a village. And that is so beautiful. We all need a village. There are all different kinds of relationships. There are all different kinds of friendships. Think about the relationship between a counselor or therapist and their client. That is definitely an intimate relationship because the client will tell that therapist practically everything. And yet, it's a formal relationship. There's no touching and there's no reciprocation. So for the person that is the client, it's an intimate relationship. For the therapist, it's a contract, but it's a very specific one and it needs to be honored. There are friendships. I ha one of my very dearest friends is a man who I've known for 25 years. I met him when he was 26 and I was 42 or three. We have been friends all of this time. He is handsome he is tall he is gorgeous he is talented sounds and like sounds never, like me no i'm kidding oh, that was, honey, that was a joke you, that was a, the biggest joke oh, baby, look at me come on ooh, let's be honest look at him girls and gentlemen if you could see him you'd be Owen and i too but my friend my beautiful friend who i will call d he and i the whole thing of sex it just never it just isn't there He's like a, he is my son, he is my brother, he is my confidant, he is my colleague, he is my mentor, he is my friend. And I value that relationship so much, partly because it's unique. Obviously my best friend, who's a woman, well, you know, we don't 
do the booty call because neither one of us are that way inclined. But our relationship is very intimate. I talk to her about things that I wouldn't talk about with anyone else. So I think that intimacy, there are many intimate relationships. Intimacy is on many levels, not just the nookie-nookie, horizontal cha-cha, boogaloo thing. Beautiful, I love that. I, I wanted to say something to you. This, I guess this is a compliment. Um, but you have a way of speaking that is very empowering. Thank you, darling. So it's kind of like me right now. I'm, I'm taking time to really think about what I'm talking about with you. And I pause because you know what? That pause lets you process. Indeed. Let's, let's, let's you think. And, and I love that. So that, that's the first thing I want to say to you. Um, something else I want to say to you is in terms of community, you know, I've, I've gone back to this in my previous podcast. Connection is why we're here. And I will say it multiple times. Connection is why we are here. We are here to connect with people. So right. I, I, I went through a phase of, I guess, I guess you call it loneliness, but it was maybe not loneliness. It was that I wanted to challenge myself. So I've done a lot of hikes by myself. You know, I've done 10 days. I've done, you know, a month in Spain. I've done a lot of hiking. Um, and I've spent a lot of time by myself. And I'm like, oh, I need to sort myself out. I need to spend time with myself. But I got to a point where I was like, actually, no, you don't. You need to be passionate about what you do. You need to enjoy what you do in life. But connection's why we're here. And I read this book and, and it really spoke to me. I was like, holy crap. Like I've spent, you know, maybe like two weeks by myself in my own thoughts, reading, reading books and listening to things. But you know what? I'm actually feeling a bit depressed, I could say. Like I was, I was very down because... I hadn't been around people. You go, you go yes. psychotic when you're not around people. Yes, and see, this is, you know, I th this is why obviously the COVID lockdowns have been so difficult for people. You know, the way I put it, Josh, is that human beings are social animals, like dogs, like horses, like cattle. You don't want to ever have one dog. Sorry, dog owners, unless you or someone that lives in the household is home most of the time. Dogs love company. They love other dogs. They love people for the most part. Human beings are the same. We are not physiologically or spiritually designed to be alone all the time. I, I, I want to, though, validate what you said, Josh, about spending time alone. Spending time alone can be is hugely, hugely valuable, and it can make for, you know, some real profound um, personal growth. I think, a I think there are people who go from, well, me and my girlfriends used to say, they go from their daddy's house to their husband's house, and then to the funeral parlor. Um, women don't tend to do that anymore, but I think that there is a danger in for example, a man that I know actually who went from living with the woman to being married to her and then now that they're divorced and he's sort of found himself at a loose end. He doesn't really know what to do. He's nearly 50 and he's never lived on his own. So I think for a person like that, it's very valuable to have what I call solitude. But solitude and loneliness are two very different animals. I love my solitude. I love living alone. To me, it's priceless. It's, it's not even gold, it's platinum. But when I am lonely, what I long for is the companionship of a person who I can talk to about philosophy, 
about death, about religion, about the things that we read, about the things that we see, about love and life and laughter. And, and so, and that's the sort of intimacy that I seek. Not a husband, not a live-in whatever, but people who I can share time with and have it be valuable. Oh, well, that's, that, you kind of summed up my podcast. That's why I get people on the show is because, um, you know, you, you learn something from everyone. That's something I believe in. And uh, I think you really got to the point with that, the difference between solitude and loneliness. I think loneliness means that you need to see people, but solitude is that you need time away from people to reflect on yourself and, and become a better person. Yeah, and I'm probably at that point so. now where I'm taking a, I'm looking at taking a trip. Um, I'm looking at either doing a hike or a kayak trip by myself because for me, I need to process all my thoughts and everything that's happened over the last few months because I've had a lot of personal shit going on, um, which, you know, a lot of people already know. Um, So, you know, I've had uni, I've had breakups, I've had all these kind of things happen and and things that have shaped me, but I need to take time away to, um, you know, cool the engine down. The engine's been going 100%. There you go. Um, So I've got to reduce those revs a little bit, get back into, you know, I've got to get into third gear. Mm. I'm probably at like, I'm sitting in fourth. Gear, baby. I'm sitting at fourth, but I'm at like 6,000 revs. So I need yeah. to bring it down. Anyway. Bring it down to 2,000. The most efficient. How good. Um, the other thing I want to say is like uh, during COVID, we've been very lucky in Brisbane. Um, we had like a shutdown period and, and COVID happened just after I had a bit of shit going on. i got a thing called reactive arthritis. I haven't actually told you about this. I was sick for about... I'd probably say seven months. I've still kind of got it now. So it's been like two years since it happened. Um, But I had that and uh, then COVID hit and um, I was just getting back into exercise. Like I was starting to ride again. I could walk. I could do different things. So basically I was bedridden for three months. That kind of sums it up. Um, We don't have to go into that. But yeah, just just to let you know. Um, But then COVID happened. And uh, we shut down and, and it was sweet because I had been literally just like lying in bed for three months and I was like, this is sweet. I can walk around the house. I can cook myself dinner. I can do whatever. So I had a really great time in COVID, surprisingly. Um, and then as well as that, after, you know, the first kind of lockdown, we were only allowed to exercise with one person. And and it was such a great time for me. I wasn't working. I was just getting back into exercise. I was like, okay, what am I going to do now? Take some time to really think about it. You know, you you go through so much stress when you get sick. Um, and if anyone wants to reach out, give me a chat. Um, you know, obviously send me a message and, and we can have a chat. But yeah, that was something for me that I, I had already, ex, uh, you know, um, experienced extreme loneliness, um, you know, with my disease that I had. And I think when COVID happened, I was like, this is great. I, I don't have to In see a, people. That's right. And see this... It's very interesting to hear you say that because I had the same response to COVID. My response was, wow, all of a sudden, no one has any expectations of me because what I'm supposed to do is sit here inside and do pretty much nothing. And in a way, that's, you know, it freed me to do as I pleased, which, you know, I mean, simple enough, one can do that anyway, but it was, it was a beautiful time because there was nothing that anybody had to do except be good. And, um, and I appreciated that just as you did. Oh, I, I loved Recovery it. Recovery time. I think it was probably a good thing. Hey, um, I think COVID probably needed, it, it was a good, it, 
Okay, COVID. for a lot of people, it was horrible, and it, many people died. And so I, I always hesitate, you know, to say um, positive about it. But you know, we can only talk from our own personal experience. Hey, and so that's what our truth is. I think it's that the world's got a slap in the face. That's how I would say it. And um, I hope we remember. That's a great point. Can I just have a napkin? I just got my burger. I'm having a bite. Um, yeah, I think the thing with COVID is, yeah, we. I think it's one of those things we will remember. Do do people remember the bushfires and the, the floods? Hopefully. Um, you know, I'm assuming there's still people suffering. And if anyone wants to come on the podcast and have a chat about that, I'd love to speak to some farmers or anything like that. If you know anyone, if anyone knows any, anyone, um, send me a message. But... Um, yeah, I think that's sad. You know, the people that we forgot because of COVID too, you know. I think the media, all those kind of things, is we just follow the, lo- the wave and we forget about everyone else, um, which is sad. So, um, one question I've got for you is about hindsight. Yep. So, when you were doing water quality or anything like that in your career, what, what's been the really um, pivotal moment in your life uh, that changed who you are? Um, and at the time you're like, oh my God, what's going on? Like I hate my job, hate my life or whatever. And then in hindsight, it's the best decision or thing you've, you've made. I think I know what it is, but I'm interested to see what you say. I think jumping on that bicycle aged nearly 40 and deciding to do something totally crazy on my own, namely ride my bike around Europe by myself in the fall and winter. That was pivotal. Um, coming to this country was huge. I haven't been back to the United States since 1999 when my father died. And I'm sorry to hear about that. With, to have a memorial service um, for my dad. I haven't been back since. I don't have any desire to be in America, to visit America. I was there for the first 40 years of my life. That's enough. Um, but a real pivotal moment for me was also meeting that person that I described as my son, my father, my mentor, and my colleague when I was desperately trying to find a way out of my head voice and into my chest voice because I had been trained to sing opera and I had been singing in that voice for 10 years and I never felt comfortable there. I always felt like, when, is, you know, when are they going to realize the emperor has no clothes? This isn't really me. And when I met my friend D in 1997 or 98 at... Uh, QUT, uh, not QUT, sorry, Griffith Uni, um, the, the Queensland Conservatorium. Something, as soon as he, he was only 26, but as soon as he opened his mouth and started talking about singing, I knew that I had found someone that knew what they were talking about and that I could believe. There was a sureness in him and the proof was in the pudding because when I heard him sing, even at that very young age, instantly tears came to my eyes. I'll never forget, the song was My Romance and my friend is six foot eight. At that time, he weighed about 75 kilos and he wrapped himself around that microphone stand like an overcooked piece of spaghetti and sang his heart out. And I knew then that I was gonna be a better singer than I had been, that I was gonna keep getting better and what I didn't know was that eventually I would write songs that I would actually be able to listen to and that other people would enjoy hearing. Beautiful. I love that. So 
Would you write a song with me? No. You write your own song. I want to write one you together. You write okay, your let's, own song, How does this baby? sound? I'll write. I'll write half of it. No, 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 oh, no. come on. Everybody says that. Everybody goes, Jerry Ann, you need to write a song about blah, blah, blah. I go, no, baby. You need to write that song because that's your idea. Okay. I got a head full of ideas. Okay. And a... And a and it asked full of trouble. Ooh, honey. We'll call her the troublesome child. Okay, so Jerry Jam. But darling, Jam. I wish you all the best. And I think that you can do, you are a bright young man, and I think that you can do whatever you set your mind to. And I want to thank you so much for having me on your podcast today. Thank you. We're not finished yet. She's trying to get rid of me. She wants to go home. She's over it. Um, <laughs> we're nearly done. We're at 32 minutes. This is a quick one. Um, I want to read you something from my my bucket list i'm trying to bring things in as we go um oh no i um i got rid of everything on my bucket list it's deleted <gasps> how do i no, undo? no 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 you have to go to the cloud baby how, how do, how do people I... have told me about the cloud the cloud oh my god my whole bucket list is gone no. oh no it's here it's here, it's here. Oh, good. okay i'm gonna i'm literally gonna send it to myself right now so i don't lose it um but i'll quick i'll go through some quick things with you um, let's quickly share it. How do I send a copy? Send a copy, send a copy. How, how great is this? I'm going to message it to one of my friends. Um, there we go. Sent. Done. Okay. So, ready? Um, I think these, these one, this one will probably, uh, resonate with you. Um, well, I'm just trying to find it. So, I got 27. Become a monk in Tasmania. Okay, so that's the first one. Then the second one after that, 28, is give away all my possessions. Right on. Well, I think being a monk is a great idea once you're very old and very crusty and you know that nobody wants your sperm to make a baby. Um, don't do it when you're young because there's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of good times ahead. Well, I'm just going to do a month. I'm going to do a month. Oh, a month of being a monk? Now yeah. that, I can, that I can see. What was the second one? Um, give away all my possessions. Uh, yes. Hey, I'll tell you a good way to start that is minimize the possessions you have to begin with. You know, because we know you can't take it with you. We know there's all these people that have way too much. You know, these houses in Queensland that were built on stumps. It's like they've created a, a, a state full of hoarders. Everybody's got all this endless, these endless piles of junk underneath their houses. Crap that nobody is ever going to use again. Nobody's ever going to touch again. And indeed, most of it is so crappy that they don't even want it at the op shops. I think people need to divest themselves of so much. We have so, so much in, in the developed world. And, you know, sometimes I think having so much makes us feel bad. I think we need to have an attitude of gratitude and that everything that we have needs to be of some value to us, if not monetarily, but certainly spiritually. What is that woman that does the decluttering stuff that talks oh. about things making you smile or... Are you talking about the Japanese woman? Yeah. We talked about her before. Actually, I'm yeah. going to look so it up. I, I'm I really that, you know. If it doesn't bring you joy, if it doesn't 
Oh, spark joy. That's what she says. If something doesn't spark joy or if it doesn't spark something valuable, it doesn't have to be joy. If it doesn't spark a memory, you know, I keep things that when I look at them, they make me cry, but I need to keep them because the because I value those things. I value photographs of m all my family members who have died. So, yeah. Marie Kondo is her name. Yes. Um, watch the Netflix show. It's great. We talked about it on the podcast the other day, um, funnily enough, but I didn't uh, look up who she was, but now I know her. Um, okay, I love, I love attitude, uh, attitude of gratitude. Love it. That's all we need to say, attitude of gratitude. I think, um, yeah, with, with the like getting rid of possessions. I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to I'm going to have a chat with the world's biggest garage sale. So you guys need to, I don't know if you know about them, but they're all about repurpose, reuse, recycle, upcycle, whatever. Whatever you want to yeah, call it. But basically I'll see if they can organize something for me. I'm going to do it we're going to do a charity event. Let's do this. How about we do a charity event and everyone brings all their crap that they don't use and we'll see if we can sell it and make money and, and, and put that money towards a good cause. But we'll have a think about that and, and get back to you about that. But I think from this podcast, that's what I want to do. The other, the one question I've got for you, that, that was something you said at the start about your father's approval. Yes. How has that affected your... I think you're a very successful woman in my eyes. Thank you. Um, and... I want to understand that a bit more. Like, how has that shaped you or affected you? And did you ever get that approval from your father is Absolutely. my next question. Okay, that's you beautiful. Know, I, that's beautiful. I want to say my mother and father, my father was a white man and my mother was African-American. They married in 1950 when it was against the law. As I said, my father, he was a unique individual, as was my mother. They were both very brave. I... I reckon we all want approval from our parents. I don't think there's anything unique about that. Um, I did receive that approval, and indeed, before he died, he told me, I'm not sure if this is very nice, but he did say that I was his favorite, and that meant a lot to me. He was a perfectionist, and sadly so was my mother, so there's still in me an awful lot of the feeling of that I need to achieve, that somehow, no matter how much I achieve, it's not enough. And I think also that has to do with survivor guilt, because everyone in my family is dead. They all died of suicide or some other horrible, never mind the details of that. But I, uh, we need to find that approval in ourselves. You know, one day I will die. And on that day, I want to be unafraid. On that day, I want to be able to close my eyes and think, I've done everything that I could. I've done everything that, I've, that I ever meant to do. I've done the absolute best I can. And of course, you know, what I would love is for my album to, to, to mean something to people. Money is... Secondary, you know, I just want people to hear my music and to hear my words because I know that what I've written is is of tremendous value and that people could gain from it and learn from it and that it would touch people's hearts. So right now, that's a huge focus for me. But ultimately, we have to find that love and approval from inside because chances are we will outlive our parents, as I have done, in my case, outlive siblings and the, all the rest. So, 
somehow, and I tell you counseling can help, we need to find that safe, warm place inside where we feel valued. And of course, as we've been saying all morning, we are social creatures and other people help as well. I love that. Um, just want to touch on Lifeline. If you need support, if you need to call someone, 13 11 14. 24-7 crisis support. I think that's something important for me that I think we need to touch on, especially when we're talking about suicide. I think it's, um, you know, it's it's a touchy subject. And, and, you know, I'm sure there's people out there that have gone through stuff that have had those thoughts. I think it's a normal thing to have as a human. Um, and, and we should accept that it's normal to, to have those thoughts, you know. To if, have <laughs> a dark night of the soul. That's right. And dark night the, of bottom the, soul. Not, the bottom line is that if we never have that, then we miss out on some, I believe we miss out on some critical growth. You know, I am not envious of the people that I know who have had an easy life. Much as I hate my own suffering, <laughs> I know that without it, I wouldn't be the person that I am today. And so, in a way, I'm grateful. In I a way, that. I'm grateful I for all of it. The shit and the gold. So just on your album, I just want to let you know, you've touched one person. You know who that is? That's me. Thank you, baby. Um, and you've really, you've really touched my and heart. And it's called Feather on a Sunbeam, gang. Jerry Ann Rudd, Feather on a Sunbeam. There are five songs, a couple of surprise spoken words in there. And I hope that you'll give my music a listen and that, hey, tell me what you think. If you like it, even if you don't like it, tell me what you think. So, um, the other thing I wanted to touch on was counsellors. I, I spoke to someone last night. Um, they'll probably remember who they are. Um, very inspiring bloke. I think we had a very in-depth conversation. Um, but he was, you know, he was talking about his hardships. And we just met, you know. I think he was very open to having a discussion with me. And, and he talked about um, seeing a psychologist. And he was open to talking to me about it. And he said, you know what I did when I walked in there? I... Um, got the psychologist to talk about their issues. I said, so what they, they, he literally walked in there and said, what's your story? He went straight on the defensive, which I love because he's, he's actually building a connection. We talked about this before. You go see a psychologist, it's, it's usually one way, but he created that dialogue with the psychologist and that psychologist opened up with him. Anyway, that, wow. that for me was very inspiring. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask you is we're gonna, we're gonna wrap it up kind of here. Um, I've got a few kind of last, last sort of questions for you. Jerry Jam, how would you describe yourself in one sentence or one word? It's up to you. You you make that decision. Have a think about it. Don't jump into it too soon. Who oh, is Oh, here's one. Who is Jerry Jam? Oh, babe. I want to I will preface this by saying, "Oh, this is going to be so bold." Your people, the people that listen to your podcast will be going, "Oh my god, that woman, she must be so vain." But check this out. In, I believe it's Plato's Meditations, the, the philosophers are talking about, they're trying to define love. And there, there's one guy who says, oh, love is a consequence of the gods splitting our hermaphroditic bodies in half as a punishment, and now we're all seeking our other half. And that's where love comes from. You know, love, uh, the, uh, the intimate sort of, love, sexual love, that's where it comes from. And there are various people who have various ideas. And then Socrates speaks up. And he says, to refute the previous speaker, the, uh, one of the gentlemen has said, love is beauty and wisdom. And Socrates says, wait a minute, love is not 
beauty. Love is not wisdom. Love is neither beautiful nor wise. Love is the search for beauty and wisdom. So what I would say to you is, I strive to be, I long to be love because I want to spend my life in the search for beauty and wisdom. I love that. Thank you very much. My absolute pleasure. I love, no, we're not, we, we still got, we got two more quick ones. Two more quick do you have, ones. Do you have a book that you recommend? One book, give me one book, just say the book. The Signature of All Things by Elizabeth Gilbert. Okay, beautiful, we'll read that one. Now my last question for you, this is a tough one, this is real tough. Um, I guess from your interaction, your brief interaction with me, well, we'd say it's been, you know, maybe an hour that we've kind of like known each other, this conversation and, and, and the five-minute chat we had in, uh, at Remy's. Um, how would you describe me as a person? One word or one sentence? Have five seconds to think about it. I'd say you are a very open-hearted person and you have a very open face. Your eyes speak even when your mouth doesn't. And I reckon that if you harness all of that for the good, you will be successful in your life. You know, things will come up, things will come, things will go. But as long as you maintain that, I think that you will have good success in your life and you will have I get what the founding fathers in America called, I would say you will be able to pursue happiness in whatever way that you like. You are a very charismatic young man, Josh. Thank you very much for that, Jerry ann um, Also good looking. Thank if you. If I was 50 Stop years it. younger and Stop you could it. cook. Oh, sorry. Uh, if I could cook. She doesn't know if I can cook. She doesn't realize I'm Italian. Anyway, so Jerry Jam, there's going to be an album coming out. We're going to call it Jerry Jam. The, the first <laughs> single is going to be called Jerry Jam. And you know what? I'm going to write a song Jammin'. about you. Cool. Jerry Jam, and I like that. There we go. Well, thank you very much. Thank, thank you, you for your Josh, time. for having me. I'll give me. you a hug right now just to say thanks. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you so much. My absolute pleasure. Thank you for listening to another Snippets podcast. Don't forget to subscribe for more career content.